Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Let's pray. Father, as we light another candle, build up to Christmas, Lord, it's not just lighting another candle. Lord, it's in memory of what you've done for us. And so as we gather today, Lord, we pray that it might not just be another formality because it's the Sunday before Christmas and we light another candle, but because you're alive and well and that you reign in our lives. Speak to us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folk, it's uh, that time of the year. And how do we experience the Lord Jesus Christ uh, at this time of the year uh, in the busyness? There's a story of a lady that was planning a Christmas weekend of entertaining some guests. And she says, I made a list of things I needed to do, including taking food out of the freezer and grocery shopping. As it happened, a friend whom I had been promised or promising to take to lunch asked if we could make it that Friday. So hopping into the car, I taped my to-do list to the dashboard and went and picked her up. As she settled into the car, her face dropped. Thanks a lot, she sulked. Then I glanced at my list and saw the first item. Take out the turkey. <laughs> Oops, it's going to be a long morning. <laughs> Folk, just last week, uh, there was, uh, after Sarah did this beautiful uh, kids program for us, and uh, a little boy came up and he took the microphone, and it was off. He took the microphone, and he was telling everybody to shh, because baby Jesus is asleep in the manger. And that was so cute. I thought, wow, that's quite profound, uh, because a lot of us are happy to leave baby Jesus asleep in the manger, uh, because that's kind of what we... Uh, are used to and perhaps understand as, as little kids. But the question I want to ask us, ourselves this morning, is Jesus real? Or is it actually quite convenient to allow Jesus to be asleep in the manger for another year? Well, why not? He's asleep. He's not bothering anybody. Uh, and if there's a problem, give him some more Panadol syrup and, until he sleeps until next year, you know. Uh, but said in jest. Um, and so how do we go about allowing Jesus to be real? Because uh, there's so many things happening. And, and are we supposed to really believe in this uh, lady who was the age of between 12 and 14 years old and will actually uh, bear the son of, uh, who will be the savior of the world? And so uh, I've got a couple of pictures there of, of some interesting um, non-realities, but uh, we can allow them to just be funnies, you know, like this huge pigeon who, uh, 
you know, is going to take away this person and, and perhaps the next one uh, where it's this bear that picks up this, this lady and not really real, uh, some more going through there, uh, this eagle picking up somebody and taking them, flying them off. And, uh, oh, you know, it's, it's quite a nice picture. And, and uh, another one coming up. Uh, and that one is of baby Jesus. Well, you know, maybe it's just another picture of a baby. And is it really true? Is it real? Or is it just something that, you know, we kind of do every year by tradition? Is this idea of a virgin going to be the one who will bear the Savior of the world? Is it a reality? Because we know that, that Mary was betrothed to Jesus or to, to Joseph, and, and uh, you know, she, 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 here she is. Uh, she's engaged to this man uh, for a year, but yet uh, she is about to have a baby, and she's not even married. And so th there's a saying that says a virgin who is a widow uh, comes about because maybe if her husband had died, she would have been a widow, but she would have had a, a baby. But when we think about uh, what takes place, it's, it's sometimes hard to believe and, and can allow us to just leave baby Jesus in the manger for another year. And it's not really a reality that impacts our lives in December 2022. And there was a, a Jewish saying at the time that there are always three people involved uh, when there is a birth. It's the father, the mother but also the Holy Spirit. And that's quite a profound thought because uh, it's not just mom and dad, but the Holy Spirit is involved in the whole process and continues to be involved in the whole process of our families. And so how do we allow baby Jesus to be woken up from the manger uh, and to become a reality in our lives rather than just keep him asleep uh, for another year? And so... There's a beautiful saying that Mary had that we cannot always take on ourselves. And, and what God has said, she said, I accept. So there's a, a, a tussle each year, I think, between God, thy will be changed and my will be done. God, your will be changed and my will be done. Or God, your will be done in my life. And there's often that struggle, and you'll see in a short while, how Mary struggled with this because of all the embarrassment that she would have gone through, all the trauma she would have gone through. Uh, here is a young girl who's uh, handed over by tradition basically to a man, and he will have, or she will have a baby. And how does that take place when she's not even married? The, the, the dilemma that she faces. So I want to just uh, share a few thoughts around that and how you and I can experience the reality and the very presence of God this Christmas rather than put him in a manger for another year and we'll do it again uh, in 365 days. Let me give you a bit of the background to this glory experience from Luke 1, 26 and 27. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. 
Uh, and so that was what we uh, read in verse 26, the sixth month. The sixth month of a miracle pregnancy between Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. They were very righteous people. Zechariah was a priest, and so he was uh, in the temple busy burning incense. And the angel Gabriel appears to him and says, Your wife will bear a son, and he will be the forerunner of the Savior of the world. And, and you can imagine this, this man's dilemma. He's an old man. Uh, his wife is barren and has been barren. She should be a, a grandmother or great-grandmother at her age. But here we see that she will be pregnant and bear a son. And uh, it, it was simply a prophecy coming through uh, true from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, where it says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And it's interesting that the word Lord there is not capital L, small o-r-d. But in the original, it's, it's the equivalent of the supreme God, the sovereign God of the universe. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And that's quite profound because early on, in fact, 700 years before Jesus is born, Isaiah prophesied, and prophecy wasn't just a thumb suck and a fortune telling. No, it was, this is what God says. As one will come who will be the forerunner of the savior of this world, who already is in existence. Now that's profound. There will be one who will come, his name will be John, but he will be the forerunner of the savior of the world, and he already exists. He already exists. And so, because Zechariah didn't believe this amazing prophecy uh, and what was taking place, uh, he was disciplined uh, by being made deaf and dumb. Thank God it was only for a temporary time, but it was effective. Because before long, three months after that, uh, Elizabeth was expecting. And, and then we see the angel uh, on the move again. Uh, this time going to uh, this insignificant person uh, in this town called Nazareth. And uh, Nazareth was not a very popular town. Uh, it was made up of simple, basic people uh, with a mixed population. But here, this angel comes to uh, a young girl uh, at the, between the ages of 12 and 14, we understand by tradition. And he basically says, you uh, who are this little Jewish peasant girl will be the mother of the savior of the world. And you, you realize that this young girl is, is stunned. Mary is stunned because her whole idea is that, you know, she's been handed over uh, to go and basically learn uh, how her future husband, Joseph, uh, lives his life so he can serve her. Uh, all his days and her days, and then uh, have a family and then die. But here the angel appears and says, listen, you will be the mother of the Savior of the world. And folk, it's, it's quite profound because God uses insignificant people to accomplish his purposes. It's, it's interesting. If you know Jesus Christ, you also know that 
you are not the greatest hero in the world, and it's because of who you are that you were able to believe. But because you are perhaps insignificant and because he came and penetrated your heart and my heart, we know that, that we are of worth because of who he has allowed us to be. And so we read in, in Psalm 51 verse 5, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And Mary would have known that, that she wasn't the greatest person. Here, uh, minding her own business, uh, looking forward to getting married one day, uh, here God comes and disrupts her life. And so that's kind of the background of uh, this experience that she goes through. But look at the battle that Mary experienced uh, in the next point. And, and we read about it in Luke 1, 28 to 33. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled, it says, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Very interesting here that the angel appears to Mary. Uh, we don't know where, we don't know how, uh, but we know her response. And it's because... Uh, the angel says to her, you are highly favored. Now, folk, uh, without wanting to, to sound crazy, but each and every one of us sitting here this morning are highly favored by God. And that word favor uh, that, that is used there is exactly the same word as grace. You are highly graced by God. Now, what is grace? Well, it's God giving to you and to me what we don't deserve. The, the knowledge the conviction, the reality of knowing that this is not just a little doll in uh, a bread bin, but it's, or manger, it's the reality of Jesus coming alive and reigning in our hearts and in our minds. It's the reality of knowing who Jesus Christ is and how we can experience him every moment of the day. That he's not asleep, but we can allow him to be asleep, but he is alive and well, and he either does or does not reign in our lives. And so his grace was with Mary, and uh, the angel says, Blessed are you among women, and the Lord is with you. And what does Mary do as this insignificant, in irrelevant person? Uh, she says, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, I will do. Because the reality is experienced, but there's a battle within her heart. And folks, that word for battle that's used um, in verse 29 um, is the word viatarazo, um, which means she's, she's torn apart deep within. And there's a picture of boiling water. You know when water boils, it like bubbles? You know, that's the word there. It's, her heart is moved to such a stage where she, she, it's bubbling, as it were. She's unsettled. She's unsettled in her heart. But she still submits to what God wants rather than what she wants. Because she cannot believe this as a 12 to 14-year-old young girl. And she's, she's troubled within, the Bible says, but she submits to this. She thinks about it, and she comes to the realization that this could be a reality if God's grace comes and touches my heart and my mind. 
Now, I'm sure that you and I have been uh, troubled uh, in our lives uh, to a place, or even this year, uh, where, where our hearts have been, as it were, boiling over uh, and moved to such an extent that, that we don't know which way to go. But when we submit to His grace, when we submit to the authority of His grace, so we're able to pick it up and try and understand what He is doing. And so we, we read uh, these comforting words that, that the angel says, uh, fear not, fear not. Um, do not be afraid, uh, it says uh, in verse 30. And folk, uh, you may or may not know this, that fear not appears 366 times in the Bible. 365 days of the year, and in case there's a leap year, 366. And so profound uh, that even when our hearts are traumatized and are boiling over, as it were, and we feel unsettled, the angel says, fear not. Why? Because I am with you. God is uh, with her. And so as we're going to this festive season, uh, we realize that God is with us. And, and we realize that this is something not just profound, but it's a reality. And, and Mary is going to have a baby, and his name will be Jesus, which actually means uh, the word Jesus comes from uh, Jehovah in the Old Testament, which means salvation or God incarnate. He comes and will dwell among us. And we read in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A child is born because he'll be human. He'll be born of a virgin. He'll be human. But unto us a son is given. Why? Because he is God himself. He will come and dwell among us. But we can leave him in the manger for another year, or he can live and reign supreme in our lives forever and ever because of his grace and his mercy. And as we meditate on that thought, we realize that, that the angel says his kingdom will be permanent. Uh, that we, we need to remind ourselves uh, that, that that's a reality. And, and Gabriel explains that to her, that this Savior will rule forever. Interesting in the Greek, the word kingdom, the word king, and the word reign have the same root word. Kingdom, king, and reign. So his kingdom will reign forever. It's an eternal kingdom. Why? Because he established it, and he is king of that kingdom. And so... Perhaps you've had a year that's been hard and it's as if your heart was boiling over every, every now and then and you, you were a little bit uh, in, in a traumatic situation. As you discover the good news and you meditate on it, so uh, it brings about this reality, this choice that we have to make. Similar to the choice that Mary had to make. Either he is the son of God or uh, he is not. Or we'll just leave him asleep in a manger for another year. Mary was told that she's highly favored, just as you and I are highly favored. And God loves each and every one of us. And perhaps it's not the, prob the problem that God has that uh, you know, we can't accept, but the problem that we uh, can't accept, that he's such a loving God. Uh, and because we live in a broken world, it's hard to accept that reality. And we'd rather keep Jesus asleep in the manger for another year. 
interesting background, interesting battle uh, that Mary had to, to face. But then, uh, as she realizes that she, we see the, the beginning of this reality, uh, the beginning of this reality uh, in that next point there uh, in Luke 1, 34 to 37. And it says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. We see that a miracle is about to take place. Now, uh, the word that's used for miracle is the same used is the same word that's used for sign. A sign will take place. And it's a sign that the hand of God is at work. It's a sign of the reality of who God is and His hand at work. So, for example, when you see a miracle take place, that's a sign that it was no human being, but it's a sign that God had intervened in that situation. And here we have it, that uh, the, the hand of God intervenes in that situation. And what is, uh, when, when the hand of God intervenes, uh, there is this reality of life, this new life that begins to take place. Uh, and what takes place? Something that seems impossible. How will this young girl have a baby without being married, without uh, having a man? Uh, and so this miracle begins to take place why? Because nothing is impossible with God. And folk, I find that extremely encouraging because uh, perhaps we're sitting here this morning and uh, we, we might be facing some traumatic situations where we think there is no way out of this. Well, folk, by virtue of the reality of the Holy Spirit, it's not impossible. It seems impossible for you and for me, but it's possible for God. It was possible 2,000 years ago. It's possible to this very day. And what happens when, when uh, we, we see the Holy Spirit come and intervene? We see God come and intervene in the situation. We see new life takes place. Remember John chapter 3 where Nicodemus is following this Jesus and he questions Jesus about uh, life and how, how is he to, to follow him. And Jesus says to him, you must be born again uh, or born from above. Born from above, you must experience this. And when the Holy Spirit comes, we begin to experience uh, this new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. When the Holy Spirit comes and penetrates our hearts and minds, there is new life. The old is gone, the new has come. And so that's because of this beautiful new beginning because the Holy Spirit comes and intervenes in that situation. And because of that, that, that background and that battle that she went through, uh, she begins to believe it, and then we have uh, this belief, uh, fourthly and finally, the belief in the reality of, of the very presence of God. And folks, the word glory in the Greek is the word doxa, D-O-X-A, which means presence, but it also means to make famous. And so when, when Mary sees the reality of what's going to take place, she senses the presence of God, 
the presence of God, glory, and she responds with that song of praise, what we call, you know, Elizabeth's song, the Magna Carta, where she praises God, uh, what Michael read this morning. She praises God for what will take place because that battle within led her to believe in the reality of Jesus Christ, that the impossible will become reality. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is at work. And we read uh, in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. And that word there, I'm the Lord's slave. I'm I'm his subject because he is my master and I submit to him because I've seen the reality of who he is. I've felt his very presence. And the only thing I can do is go, wow, wow, wow. I make his name famous. And we read, and the Lord's servant Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And that word for word is not the word logos, which we often uh, read about, but it's the word rima. And this word is, I've seen the living voice of God, and it has penetrated my heart and my mind, and it's become alive and well in me. And so... With all that information that Mary has, she turns to God and she believes. She, she is able to, to move beyond this thought of being unfaithful to Joseph that she could have been accused of. Uh, she moves away from, from thinking that she would be this adulteress that uh, she would have been accused of. Uh, and how will she raise this child on her own because Joseph and the whole community will not accept it? But she responds and says, I accept and believe what you have said. And it sounds like her trauma, that boiling uh, heart of hers, uh, that unsettlement turns into faith and belief in the creator of the universe. And she's able to submit to that uh, authority. And she was basically saying, I will trust God no matter what happens. You say to me, well, all that's great. Thank you so much for mentioning that. But that, how does that relate to me uh, on the 18th of December, the week before Christmas, uh, 2022? Quite simply that uh, you and I can think that, oh, well, beautiful little baby Jesus, Christmas presents, Christmas lights. Isn't that sweet, cute? Can't wait to see what I'm going to get for Christmas. Another pair of socks, another pair of, you know. Um, and, and so, w- what is that? Is that what we're looking forward to? Or is it a reality that Jesus is no longer little baby in a manger, but he's come to reign and rule in your heart and in mine? In John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, It says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And this festive season, my prayer, my hope, is that you will allow the very God who came and stirred your heart to move beyond in that little baby in a manger, to the reality, to the glory of his presence, and you experience it in reality, 
because there's always a possibility of going through the hype of the festive season, but then what happens, you know, once it's all over? Is Christ still asleep in the manger for another year, or is he a reality in our lives? Let me end off by reading your story about uh, a ruler in Persia. Long ago, they ruled in Persia, a wise and good king. He loved his people. He wanted to know how they lived. He wanted to know about their hardships. Often he dressed in the clothes of a working man or a beggar and went to the homes of the poor. No one whom he visited, though, thought that he was the ruler. One time he visited a very poor man who lived in a cellar. He ate the coarse food the poor man ate. He spoke cheerful, kind words to him. Then he left. Later he visited the poor man again and disclosed his identity by saying, I am your king. The king thought the man would surely ask for some gift or favor, but he didn't. Instead he said, you left your palace and your glory to visit me in this dark, dreary place. You ate the coarse food I ate. You brought gladness to my heart. To others you have given your rich gifts. To me you have given yourself. The King of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave himself to you and to you. And to you and to you and to each and every one of us sitting here this morning. He gave of himself and to me. And the Bible says the unspeakable gift. And that's what we call him. I end off by relating a story to you uh, probably about 10 years ago. We, I had to go and do a wedding in Adelaide. And we had the privilege of staying with uh, my wife's aunt. And we were there for three nights. And when we left, she couldn't stop thanking us. And we're saying, no, thank you. She's going, no, 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 thank you for taking the time out to come and visit us. And we go, no, you put us up. You fed us. Uh, uh, you fed us too much. You took us around Adelaide. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, thank you for coming to visit us, for making the effort. Well, friends, this unspeakable gift can turn into an attitude of, well, you know, God's lucky we believe in him. Or, wow, Lord, you've came, you've dwelt among us, first as a baby in a manger, but then through your Holy Spirit, you reign every single day in my life. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me, rather than, isn't he lucky that I believe in him? But God this unspeakable gift. His name is Jesus. May he reign. May he reign supreme. May I experience him every moment of the day. His name is Jesus. He's no longer a baby in a manger. He's alive and well and reigns supreme. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that we can easily leave you as a baby in a manger or we can experience the reality of who you are. 
Thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord, that you're alive and well, and that you long to come and dwell among us. You long to be that unspeakable gift through your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we long to experience you this festive season. Please come and reign in our lives for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.